0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 43 of the Learning to Lead podcast. Uh, This month I had the privilege of speaking at uh, Champion Life Church's Business Leaders Breakfast in uh, Beaver County and it was a fantastic time. And I taught on the subject, how to become a 360 degree leader. In other words, how to lead from where you're at. And uh, it was a great breakfast and I can't encourage you enough, if you live in Beaver County and you're looking for a great church, um, Champion Life Church is a fantastic church. Uh, That's pastored by one of my heroes and my mentors, Pastor Larry Betancourt, and I couldn't speak highly enough of the church. And so if you're looking for a church in Beaver County, um, check that out. You can check them out on the web at MyChampionLife.com. That being said, before I jump in uh, and we jump into the lesson, I just want to share three uh, brief announcements with you. One is that our Learning to Lead Breakfast series is kicking off this Saturday, our first breakfast. I'm so excited. It's going to be Saturday at 8 a.m., Saturday, September 20th at 8 a.m. at the Pine Richland Youth Center. And my good friend Ben Rath is the founder and pastor of iChurch will be speaking there. He's an incredible leader, and uh, I can't wait to hear his insights. And you won't want to miss this. And so there's actually a link to register for this event in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. The second announcement is we have uh, our learning to lead small group kicked off last week and we had a great time and this is a small group that's going to meet twice a month, Um, the second and fourth Wednesday of every month and it's uh, it's just going to be focused on leadership development and so it's an open group. If you're in the Pittsburgh area and want more information or want to join us, uh, feel free to email me at DougSmithLive at gmail.com, and I can send you information on that. And then finally, the last announcement, uh, just always try to keep leadership events in front of you. Uh, Dave Ramsey is coming to town in, uh, in the Pittsburgh, September 24th and 25th, and I have links to both events uh, in the show notes. The 24th is going to be an entree leadership event um, focused on leadership, and the 25th is going to be more of a legacy journey of events uh, that will be focused on finances. And so uh, my wife and I will be attending both event events and we would love to see you there. Uh, if you do go and register, uh, if you use the promotion code Doug Smith live, uh, you'll get $15 off of each of your tickets. So that's it for the announcements. Uh, just want to jump right into the lesson after that. Thank you for listening. I always look forward to joining you every month. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, send me an email. I'd love to connect with you. Thanks and enjoy the lesson. So I want to talk to you guys about becoming a 360-degree leader and or just leading where you're at. Um, That's what Pastor Larry asked me to speak about, something I'm passionate about. And so... Uh, Just leading from where you're at, and I just wanted to open with a scripture, and it's Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, and it says this. Pay careful attention to your own work, for for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love that. Pay careful attention to your own work, then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. And I don't know about you, I'm sure you're here because you want to grow and develop to your maximum potential. And I don't think it's so hard to be content with where we're at right now and what's in our hand right now. We're always focused on what everyone else is doing or how we can climb to the next level, how we can get the promotion. But the Bible says, hey, don't focus on all that stuff. That's all out of your control. But focus on what's in your control. Pay attention to your own work. And as you're faithful with that, God will be your promotion. And really, in your leadership journey, and this is what I've, I've certainly discovered in the past 10 years, is that there's things in your control and there's things that are out of your control. Things in your control, your actions, your attitudes, your work ethic, and what you do with what you have. Things outside of your control are when you get promoted, when you'll go to the next level, what position, who your boss is, right? We don't have control over all those things. And really the Bible says to trust God with those things. And so uh, I love it. I was meeting with uh, the leader of the CCO, it's a ministry in Pittsburgh, and he just said a line that I'll never forget. He said, Doug, God is the architect of your leadership journey and when I thought about that I said oh my gosh like that's brilliant and I look back on just the past 10 years of me growing and developing and God brought Pastor Larry into my life and then he brought this person and this person and and I'm not I didn't do anything to make that happen. Right, God has moved me along, and he's been the architect of that journey, but we have a part to play in that, right? God will always do his part, but we have to do our part, and that's really what I want to focus on uh, today is what's within your control of growing to your maximum potential and being a person of influence. So I have six keys to being an influencer where you're at. Six keys if you're taking notes. Number one is this. Become an all-star where you're at. Become an all-star where you're at. This is a principle that's been really big on my heart the past couple years. I actually went to a, I enjoy speaking, so I went to a National Speakers Association meeting, and I met a professional speaker who does it for a living. So basically that's the only thing he does is give talks, and he gets paid for it. And I was asking him, you know, how did you do that? How did you get there? And he said the biggest piece of advice he would give me that he got, he went to a national conference in Texas one time for the National Speakers Association, and he heard this guy talk who he didn't know who he was at the time named zig ziglar i don't know if you know zig ziglar but at the time he wasn't very well known and he was speaking and jeff this guy jeff walked up to him during a lunch break and he said hey zig i enjoy speaking how do you how did you how do you become a world-class speaker how do you speak all over the world and this is what zig said to him zig said jeff become an all-star where you're at when you become an all-star in your industry people will seek you out to speak within your industry once you do that for a few years other people will take notice and before you know it you'll be speaking all over the world and i know that's talking about speaking but that's true in any industry in anything that you may put your hand to people that produce are the ones who get freedom people that produce are the ones that get results and get results they're the ones that get promoted and so you need to be an all-star where you're at with what's in your hand. One of my favorite things, this was on a sign at a grocery store, it's in your notes, but this sign was in a grocery store. It said the 57 rules of success. Number one, deliver the goods. Rule number two, the other 56 really don't matter. And that's absolutely true. And I want to encourage you to become someone who always produces. You want to be seen in your workplace as someone who, hey, if we have an extra project, I want Doug to take her. I want Larry to take her. I want Brandon to take that project. And, And they know that your boss knows if I hand it to Brandon, it's going to get done. It'll get done. It'll get done well and probably better than if I would have done it myself. And that's the type of person you need to be in every in your everyday rules and the reality is i think so many times we get in this dream world that oh you know i'll really try hard and i'll really work hard once i get to the level whatever you're seeking to get to once i become the ceo then i'll become an all-star but you, you won't right and in fact i didn't just say that jesus said that in luke 16:10, jesus said if you're faithful in little things You'll be faithful in large ones, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if the, the, you would treat your future role the exact same way you're treating your current role now. Yeah, you may have different responsibilities, but if you don't work hard now, you won't work hard then. If you don't work with excellence now, you won't work with excellence then. So you need to become an all-star where you're at and always produce and be faithful with God, what God has put in your hand. And oftentimes, it's easy things to do, right? It's just being excellent day in and day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, doing the easy things. But the hard thing about the easy things is easy things are easy to do, but they're also easy not to do, right? And it's so easy to just take for granted what we get to put our hand to every day. So rule number one, become an all-star where you're at. Number two, learn while you don't have to lead. Learn while you don't have to lead. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The President's Club, and it's a really interesting book. It's basically about, it starts in the the 50s. I think it started with Eisenhower. I'm not all the way through it, but it talks about the presidents and their relationship with with one another, so how presidents rely on each other. And the interesting thing is every single president, and I'm not all the way through, but so far every president that's gone into office, the first couple months, they thought everything they were dreaming about and they campaigned about, they're like, I'm going to come in here and change everything. It's going to be awesome and they don't think they need anyone's help they don't go to other presidents for advice but within a few months and for some of the presidents i've read about a few weeks they realize very very quickly that they don't know anything and they very very no one knows what it's like to sit in the seat of the president and they need to rely on past presidents advice to to lead in their role and i think that's so interesting and they end up leading on each other. It's a really interesting book if you like to read. But learn while you don't have to lead, right? So these people are constantly criticizing the people that are currently in office, but they have no idea what it's like to sit in that seat. And I don't know about you in my my journey so far. I, I have a desire to be a number 1 leader, so to speak. It would be awesome to be a CEO, etc. one day. But I've never had I've never been the number 1. I've always been a number 2 or number 3 or number 500, right? I've never been that guy. But what I've noticed, and this is just me telling on myself, I, I In fact, I'll just show this. Andy Stanley said um, if you have leaders in your organization, they all think they can do your job better than you can. And I don't know about you, but has anyone ever criticized their boss or their leaders? Right? And I'm going to talk about that in the next point, but we become so critical instead of trying to figure out what it's like to sit in those seats. And what I've realized is I have no idea. I may think I could do their job better, but I have no idea the responsibility that comes with that position. I don't know the weight that comes with it. And so when you're not in that position, It's a perfect opportunity to learn that, and so I would encourage you. Hey, if you want to be a church planner, spend some time with Pastor Larry and, and ask him about the price. Hey, what what does it take to be a, a, a church leader? What's what price do you have to pay? Because it looks glamorous from the outside, but if you ask Pastor Larry, it's a tough journey, right? And so we need to learn the price while we're not in that position. So when we're there, we're more equipped. And you'll never be fully equipped. You'll never be 100% ready to step into that role. But you can be so if you'll just take a learner a learning attitude while you're not in that position. You'll be so farther ahead than all the other competition who just complains and doesn't do anything about it. Example of this, so a few weeks ago I was meeting, I, had a, I interviewed uh, a guy who was the number two guy at Mellon for a long time and he ended up being the chairman of the board of Mellon and he had 8,000 people reporting to him and I was talking to him like that's crazy, 8,000 people and we were, I was like what's it like, he was talking about the price he had to pay to get in that position and he was talking about how detail oriented he had to be. And I stopped in because I always use the excuse to work like I'm not detail oriented, I depend on other people for the details. And he looked at me, he's like, That's crap. And he's like, I'm not detail oriented, nobody is. He's like, Who wants to who wants to do details? Now I know there's accountants and stuff like that, but he's like, Details aren't fun, they're boring, nobody wants to be a part of them. But I had eight thousand people uh, they can't all report to me, and every any one of them could have ruined my job and got me fired with one decision. So I had to become detail oriented. So really, he was saying, if you're going to get to this level, you're going to have to pay a price that you may not, you can't use the excuse, I'm not gifted in that, right? And so I just thought it was so interesting to hear the price that he had to pay. He had to become detail oriented. And there's going to be things as we grow to the next level that we have to do, or, or skills that we have to gain that we may not want to or know how to, but have to, to the next level. Number three on how to become a person of influence and lead from where you're at, is serve your leaders. And this is all about leading up. And, and I shared this earlier, but Andy Stanley said, if you have leaders working for you, every one of them thinks they can do your job better than you can. And that's not a bad thing. I I would think as a leader that is a bad thing, but that's just that's the nature of the beast, right? It's, it's what leaders do. When leaders walk into an environment, they think, okay, if I was leading this, this is what I would do. But as leaders, we need to realize that. And as young leaders, we need to realize that. Uh, for me, I found myself complaining about my boss a lot to my peers, which isn't good. It didn't really solve anything. And what I" really Realized is, so I was meeting with a co-worker one day, and I love this co-worker, because someday she agrees with me, and she'll, like, she'll be in the mood to, to gossip, and then I really like it, because I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're both on the same side. It's not good, though. But then other days, she's really, really healthy, and she'll say, hey, let's stop talking about this, or what are you going to do about it? And one day she said to me, she said, Doug, do you know all the things you're complaining about with your boss are, are true, and those are weaknesses of hers? But I want you to know that if you were in that position, we wouldn't be complaining about those things, but I do want you to know that we would be complaining about a lot of things, right? (laughs) And it made me realize, and I realized through that, that we always criticize people in the area of our strengths. And all the areas I was criticizing my boss are things that I'm good at. I wasn't criticizing her in the area of her strengths. I know her strengths, and I would never criticize them because they're the opposite of mine. And so, what ended up happening is I was I went through a leadership collaborative group and there's a coach a CEO coach in there and he was coaching me and he basically I was telling him you know what I have this habit of, of going lateral with what I want to complain about instead of going to my boss and talking to him about it he he looked me in the eye in his office he's like well, great when are you gonna talk to her about all this stuff and I'm like uh, maybe a couple weeks and he goes well how about you call her right now and schedule an appointment today to talk to her. And I was like, right now? And he's like, yeah, right now. I'm like, well, we're, we're in your office. He's like, I know, right now we're in our office. I'm like, well, with you here? Like, you don't need to be here. He's like, no, right here, right now, with me here. (laughs) Made me call my boss in front of him. Thank God her voicemail kicked in (laughs) because I was, like, going to pee my pants. But (laughs) called her, scheduled... (laughs) I left her message. We ended up scheduling an appointment. We had a a two-and-a-half-hour conversation that day. I was able to vent. She was able to vent. And we were able to have an adult conversation, which is so rare. And it was the most freeing thing for our relationship. And so many times where the... Our next level of growth is on the other side of a difficult conversation like that, and oftentimes we're afraid to have those conversations because we're afraid we're going to lose something. And I know for me, I was I was afraid to confront my boss in areas because, hey, she's my boss. My promotion comes through her. If I get a raise, that's going to come through her. And if, if I upset her, I could lose my favor with her. I could lose a potential promotion, and I was so – all my fear was wound up in that. <clears throat> but what ended up having happening through the conversation was we realized that we're both strong in areas where where the other person's not. And I had grace in the areas where my boss wasn't strong. And I was able to step up and say, hey, let me serve you in these areas. And will you help me grow and step in for these areas where I'm weak? And we have a wonderful relationship now. And there's still times where I'm tempted to go lateral. But every time I go to her and have that difficult conversation, it's so much better. And now she trusts me with so much more. And I found in talking to leaders, those are the type of people leaders will promote. They want people that will speak the truth to them. They want leaders who will say, hey, the way you're doing this isn't working let me step in the gap for you so find ways to step in the gap for your boss if you see weakness areas don't complain step in and take over for them and uh and i promise you that god will give you so much more influence and ultimately they are responsible for your promotion and your raises etc so that's how you uh develop influence leading up number four number four is become as valuable as you can become as valuable as you can This is what personal growth is all about, right? The more valuable you become, the more valuable you become to your family, to your workplace, to your community. And so you need to do everything you can within your power to grow to your maximum potential. Um, And one of the greatest things that you can grow in, and I'm just learning this, one of the greatest characteristics you can develop is resourcefulness. And Pastor Larry and I attended a simulcast of of a leadership conference lately, and there's a pastor named Bill Hybels. I don't know if you know him. Pastor of Omega Church in Chicago. Now, I would not recommend this when you're developing young leaders but the way he was developed as a child he was 11 years old his dad was a successful businessman and he wanted to learn how to ski and so he said dad I want to learn how to ski so he's 11 years old, and his dad took him to a bus station and said, Bill, go to, go to Vail, Colorado, and take ski lessons. Drops him off as an 11-year-old, doesn't go with him. And Bill said he opened the door, and he said, Dad, Dad, where's Vail, Colorado? Where, where do I go? And his dad looked at him and said, Bill? figure it out and don't call me to an 11 year old now he had to go to a lot of counseling because of that but he said that's basically how he developed as a teenager but what he what he learned from that and again i would don't suggest that but he learned how to be resourceful and he had to figure it out figure it out and that became a huge leadership lesson to him and so much of personal growth and development is figuring it out no one's going to develop you for you no one's going to do the work for you you have to figure out how to grow to your maximum potential yourself. Your position at work, your boss should not be responsible for your growth. You should be looking for growth opportunities. What conferences can you go to to grow your skills? What uh, clubs can you join? What books can you read? And in fact, I would challenge everyone here, what books have you read in the last year? What podcasts have you listened to? What groups have you joined? What mentors have you met with that are further ahead in the journey with you? If you can't list those things out, I would really encourage you over the next year to take time to develop a plan for personal growth. Just take a half hour and Google conferences. for, For me, it would be fundraising conferences, right? I have to learn how to raise money better. I want to lead our development team and I have a lot more responsibility in that area so I need to learn how to raise funds with grants. I need to learn how to do mail cultivation, acquisitions, all these things. My boss isn't going to sit there for hours and teach me these things so I've had to go out and meet with experts to learn how to do that. Become as valuable as you can. And if any of you need help with a personal growth plan, I'd be glad to talk to you. I know Pastor Larry is great at that too. Tons of resources available out there. Number five, and this is how to lead down and across. Very, very simple. Add value to everyone around you. Add value to everyone around you. Your number one goal in your organization should be to add value to the organization you work for. So every day... In addition to your role, you should say, hey, what can I do to make my organization better? And what can I do to add value to everyone around me? I wrote down some some things that I've done in our organization that's helped me develop influence both across and under me. But maybe you start a leadership group in your workplace. I found that everyone's hungry to grow, but not everyone has places to grow or avenues to grow. So why not start something? Hey, grab a bunch of young leaders in your organization and say, why don't we go through a leadership book together? Or hey, why don't we listen to a podcast or watch a TED Talk once a week and just discuss it. Um, sure. Go through a book together, read articles, and then um, coach people. This has been huge for me in in leading across. And so if I see someone have a one-on-one that's difficult for them and there's areas that they, they have to grow in, if I'm strong in those areas, there's a girl on our team, productivity is not something she's great at. And so for the past year, I've been meeting with her once a week, and I have her tell me everything that she's doing and show her how to use her time well, and I've been coaching her for a year. And she's so grateful for that, and we've developed a great relationship through that. And it's one more way that I can add value to the organization but at the same time I've gained influence with those beside me and those under me so just look for ways every day to add value to those around you and then finally number six this is probably my favorite because this is what I get paid to do but I love it network, network, network Network, 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 and really, it's all about becoming a community leader. Becoming a community leader. Find ways to get into your community. Everywhere I go, I represent Light of Life. Everywhere you go, you represent your organization, and that's pretty awesome. I I love that. And so, um, there's so many things to be a part of. And I would just challenge you: When's the last time you got out outside of your niche and and joined a, a group? Right before I worked at, at Light of Life, I never heard of Rotary. I never heard of some Toastmasters and all these things that business leaders go to. Try joining one of those groups and, and, and investing in leaders there. Um, one thing Pastor Larry really encouraged me to do that's been extremely fruitful in my life is he used to have leaders, just like this, he'd have leaders come in and speak to us on leadership and then he would encourage us, hey, you should take those leaders out to coffee and ask them questions. So I did that for a long, long time and then I eventually made a podcast out of it and really as a fundraiser, Pastor Larry, I don't even know if you know, this, it's my bread and butter. Because CEOs don't want to meet with some like peasant like me. I shouldn't say a peasant, but <laughs> I mean I'm not the director of development. I'm not an executive director. So how do I how do I get a meeting with a CEO? Well, I could say, hey, I'm from Light of Life, which is automatically a red flag saying, oh, they just want my money, which is great, and they support our organization. But if I say, hey, I do a leadership podcast once a month. I love leadership. Can I can I spend a half hour to an hour with you in an interview? I'll send you questions ahead of time, um, and I just want to learn from you and pick your brain. And so many times, I found that leaders in, in in communities they're dying to invest in young leaders. They're dying to invest in people, but the problem is they can't they don't they can't find any. And then I meet young leaders who are dying to get mentored, but they're afraid to ask. And so it's so easy. All you have to do is ask. I'm telling you, just reach out to people in your community and say, Hey, can I meet with? You And I think you'll be surprised with how much that does for you. And now that I've been doing that for a few years, it's incredible. This person knows this person, and this and that. And man, God just moves, and you have so much favor with the community, and you're able to connect them. And so I would just encourage you, as many networking things like this that you can go to, go um, and find ways. And again, I put, when's the last time you visited a nonprofit, just to see what goes on there. A guy named Reed Carpenter really challenged me in that. He said, when's the last time you visited Urban Impact? When's the last time you visited... Uh, Pittsburgh Project or the Pittsburgh Promise just to see what God's doing there. And, there, and if I've learned anything being a light of life, it's that there's some wonderful organizations all over the city that are looking for great people to be a part of. And so I just encourage you to go in the community and find ways to serve. And I promise you if you'll do these six things, you will become a person of influence. You'll become a 360 degree leader. And really, God will use all those things that you're doing within your control to bless you, to promote you, and uh, to, man, just really use you and, and develop you into the person he's called you to be. So so that's it. I'll just end with that reading that verse one more time, Galatians 6.4. Pay attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Thank you, guys.